Be Wealthy and Smart, Episode 71. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. Today's show is called The Opportunity Cost of Buying New Cars. What you'll learn today is the opportunity cost of buying cars why buying cars too often is a huge financial problem, and the solutions to frequent car buying. I mentioned on my last show, which was called The Five Money Sinkholes to Avoid, that cars are one of those five sinkholes. I've mentioned on several shows now how I'm anti-new car. It occurred to me that I haven't really given you a good explanation about why I feel so strongly about not buying new cars. So that's what I'm going to do on this show. So hang on, new car lovers. You're about to be taken to task. All right, here we go. Problem number one, cars are a depreciating asset. That is, once you drive a new car off the sales lot, the value may decline by 18 to 28% within one year. And by the fifth year, it may have declined as much as 55 to 70%. Clearly, a car is not an investment. However, it is one of the largest purchases that you're going to make next to your home, most likely. So it does make sense to be smart about car buying, but does it make sense to keep buying an asset that's guaranteed to go down in value and spend tens of thousands of dollars to buy it? Heck no, I don't think so. I suggest rather you buy cars that are a few years old with low miles and in mint condition. When you buy gently used instead of brand new, you dramatically reduce the rate of depreciation, which is a loss. It's also best to drive your cars as long as possible. Today in 2015, it might surprise you to hear I have two really old cars that I drive. I love them. I still drive a 1998 Jaguar XJS and a 1989 Mercedes 560 SL. Both are in great condition. I bought them a few years ago with a low number of miles and I've taken great care of them. I service them every 3,000 miles and keep them tuned up. Best of all, I don't waste money on new cars that depreciate as soon as they leave the car lot. I work from home and I don't really drive much, so it really works for me. In a moment, you'll see the huge difference not buying cars has made for me financially. I realize I don't drive a lot and that's not true for everybody. If you drive more than 20,000 miles a year, gosh, there's probably no real great answer for you. You can look at the cost of leasing or buying a car that 
maybe will last more than 200,000 miles, which by the way, both Mercedes and Jaguars have that reputation, which is one of the reasons I bought them. And then try and keep your cars as long as possible. So I have three quotes for you on research I've done regarding cars. Number one, the average driver used to buy 13 cars by the time he hit his 76th birthday, but the recession has changed buying habits. As of 2012, the average driver will own only 9.4 cars over the same period. Using these ownership statistics, an owner holds onto a typical vehicle for 6.4 years before getting rid of it. Before the recession, drivers got new sets of wheels every 4.6 years. And that was from CNBC. So people are keeping their cars two years longer, 6.4 years instead of 4.6 years. That's better, we're moving in the right direction, but it's still not really that long. And I'll show you why in just a second. The second quote is from NBCNews.com. It said, today's cars have a longer life. Repair bills are not as great, so people are slowing their car buying. Again, we're on the right track and cars are built better and are lasting longer, and that's a really good thing. Number three. The average car loses between 18 and 28% of its value in the first year it's off the lot. And it loses 50 to 70% of its value in its first five years. After that, cars don't depreciate nearly as quickly. So once your car is five years old, each year it loses less trade-in value than a new vehicle. And that's from PF and investing. Wow. This is why I'm so against buying new cars. You can lose 70% in five years. What investment would you ever decide to invest in that was guaranteed to lose 70% in five years? Hopefully none. You've heard me talk about opportunity costs before. Opportunity cost is what you could have done with the money if you had invested it instead of spending it. That's podcast number 10. If you haven't listened to it, or if it's been a while, go back and listen to it again. It's worth really getting down what opportunity cost means and how it can make a huge difference to you. So let's go through some examples of opportunity cost and cars, because this is really gonna nail it down for you with the hard numbers, why I'm so anti-new car, and why it's a huge deal, because again, it's the second biggest spending that you'll probably make in your lifetime next to buying a home. So this is super important for you to get right. It's a super huge money sinkhole that a lot of money is going down the drain, 70% of the value. It's making a 70% bad investment every five years. Are you kidding me? We have to get this turned around. This is a huge issue for people, okay? Here's the 30 year opportunity cost of buying new cars. Let's say you buy a $30,000 car every six years and the cost of the total depreciation during that six years would be $24,900. You bought it for 30,000, it depreciates 24,900. It's roughly worth about five grand. Annually, the average depreciation on the car was $4,150. 
If you invested that money instead of having that go into depreciation at a 10% rate, which, okay, you're saying, where can I get 10% in this economy? Well, let me tell you, over the last 30 years, the Standard & Poor's 500 largest 500 companies have, have, have returned over 11.7%. That's reinvesting dividends. They've returned well over 10%. So with a long-term investment, it is still possible to get a 10% return. So I'm gonna use that as our opportunity cost valuation uh, statistic. So if you, instead of having the depreciation on the car, could have invested that 24,900 at 10% over 30 years, that money would have grown to $682,650. Yes, well over half a million dollars, and that is just on one car purchase over your lifetime ownership of 30 years or your lifetime that you can potentially buy cars over 30 years. There's a great calculator at freeonlinecalculatoruse.com, but between every word, there's a hyphen. So free-online-calculator-use.com forward slash car-depreciation-calculator.html. I'll put that link on my website under this podcast number 71. So you can go to bewealthyandsmart.com, click on podcast, go to number 71, and that link will be there. You can play with this car depreciation calculator because they really have it set up nicely and it calculates everything for you. It shows you exactly what your annual depreciation is and you can choose what interest rate you want for your opportunity cost and it will show you what your money would have grown to over your lifetime. So let's look at another example. Instead of a $30,000 car for six years, let's look at a $50,000 car for six years. Since people are typically keeping their cars now six years, let's look at a little bit more expensive car. A $50,000 car purchased every six years has average annual depreciation of $6,916. It loses almost seven grand a year in value. The opportunity cost is that amount that could have been invested at 10% annually, which over 30 years, are you ready for this? Over 30 years on that $50,000 car, it would have been $1,137,750. So a $50,000 car that instead of losing almost that whole value on the car, if you could have invested that at 10% annually over a 30-year period, it would make a $1.1 million difference to you. Are you kind of getting why I'm so <laughs> not in love with new cars? Do you see the tremendous difference that not buying cars can make to your bottom line, can make to your investment account if you're a smart investor instead of a new car buyer? You gotta get this, it's so important. I'm just so crazy against buying new cars and it's truly a sinkhole where your money is going down the drain and you have little to show for it. So do you see how you can make a different decision to buy cars less frequently and invest the money instead and it will impact your lifestyle little but your bank account 
will be a whole lot bigger. Do you get that? So what can you do? Well, one suggestion I have is to keep your cars longer than six years, just like I have. If you don't drive a lot, that may be an option for you. However, if you drive a lot of miles annually, I suggest you seriously consider getting one of these 10 cars that I have researched that last more than 250,000 miles, and this is documented research, um, that they can last this long. And again, I get nothing for recommending these or mentioning these cars, but I should, <laughs> maybe I'll look into that. But I truly believe that having a car that lasts 250,000 through 250,000 miles or more is such a good idea. So here's the list. The Acura RDX, Chevrolet Avalanche, Honda Ridgeline, Lexus RX350, Mazda Miata MX-5, Scion XB, Scion XD. So that's the XB like boy and the XD like David. Toyota 4Runner, Toyota RAV4, and Toyota Yaris. So again, I just want you to know you have options to make your money last longer and to stop your money from hemorrhaging. Stop the money sinkhole, okay? The new car thing, you just gotta get over that because it's killing your finances. So do you see how considering opportunity costs is so crucial and can make a huge difference in your wealth building? I realize you can't drive the same car for 30 years without buying a new one, but even if you can stretch the length of time between buying new cars, you're so much better off. Every year you can put off buying a new car and keep a car, you're better off. Now, obviously, if your car repairs are costing you thousands and thousands of dollars at some point, you've gotta make a decision that that car is probably done. But if your car is still in good order, it runs well, you're not really putting that much money into it compared to buying a new car and the depreciation you would take on a new car, um, that's something you really wanna look at and really think about. So can you see how buying cars a little bit used, which means someone else took the depreciation hit, the big hit that first year or second year, you can maintain them well and keep them longer and how that can make a huge difference in accumulating wealth. Do you see that? Am I getting through to you? It's one of the easiest and most effective strategies for improving your wealth building. So imagine there's two people who make the same amount of money. One is a car crazy collector. They buy a new $60,000 car every three years. They always have to have a new car. They have to have the latest thing. Their, their, their self-worth is all tied up in, you know, looking good and driving this car, all right? They're paying $60,000 every three years. This We'll call them the car crazy person. The other person, although you make the same amount of money, they're buying a car maybe less expensive, maybe a $30,000 car. Maybe it was a $50,000 car initially, but you bought it a few years after. Maybe you bought it in the third year after it came out and you got it for $30,000. Maybe you're even buying the same cars, but you're buying them a few years used, and so you're not getting that big depreciation hit that the other car crazy person is. So anyway, they're buying a $60,000 car every three years. You're buying a $30,000 car and keeping it 10 years. 
Okay, let's look at the annual depreciation. The car crazy person who's spending 60,000 every three years has annual depreciation of $12,800. That's just loss of value, bad investment, money going out the window, down the sinkhole, whatever you wanna say, they're losing $12,800 a year on that car valuation. You, I'll call you the be wealthy and smart uh, car buyer, because you're buying a $30,000 car, your depreciation is $2,790 versus their $12,800. Over 30 years at 10%, you, the Be Wealthy and Smart car buyer, is going to have depreciation of $220,000 on all of the, on the $30,000 car purchases, buying them every 10 years, you're buying them less frequently, you're getting a lot less depreciation because the crazy car buyer, 30 years, their opportunity cost at 10% on that depreciation, $1,011,904. That's a difference of almost $800,000. Are you hearing me? $800,000 difference between the car crazy person spending 60 grand every three years and the smart person buying a little bit used car probably, or maybe even a brand new car, but only paying 30,000, but keeping it for 10 years, $800,000 difference. That is not pocket change, people. You gotta let that sink in and get your attention. This is why I'm constantly talking about cars being such an issue and really having you get really savvy about this. So it's just a huge thing to grasp. I hope now it's crystal clear why I've mentioned cars in several episodes. So here's your action step for today. Number one, make a note of how often you buy a car. Are you buying them too frequently? So take a piece of paper, write down how many cars you've owned, when you bought them, whether you bought them new or used, how long you had them, you can go and play with the car calculator and have a lot of fun calculating that um, and figuring out how much your opportunity cost was for all that depreciation on those cars. But just make a note of how often you've been buying a car. What's been your habit? How long have you been keeping them? And what's been your trigger on that? Number two, add up how much you've spent on cars in your lifetime. Add up the total amount you've spent on cars in your lifetime. Are you surprised how much you've actually spent on cars? Again, you can take a 10% opportunity cost. What would that have been if you had invested that money? What could that have grown to? Number three, make a decision whether you need to change your car buying strategy by waiting longer to buy a car, or if you need to buy a different kind of car that will get more miles and last longer. Okay, so make a decision whether you need to change your car buying strategy. What do you need to do differently? Are you going to wait longer to buy a new car? Are you gonna buy a different kind of car that lasts longer? What's your strategy going to be so that you buy cars less frequently, pay less for them, and take less depreciation on them? What you learned today was the opportunity cost of buying cars, why buying cars too often is a huge financial problem 
and some solutions to frequent car buying. I'm so excited that we're now on Roku Smart TV, airing to almost 15 million households. It's so exciting. I've noticed a lot of people coming over and listening to the show from Roku. Some of you have left me reviews and I do appreciate those subscriptions, ratings, and reviews on Roku and on iTunes. If you haven't left a review, I'm talking to you. Let me know what you think of the show and leave me your thoughts and ratings. It really means a lot to me. Here's one I recently received from Jane. It was a five-star review. She said, every day a new favorite. Wow, each episode is packed with solid information given in a friendly manner. I appreciate that Linda puts deep thought and consideration into the topics and their impact on the audience. I like that I'm gaining a deeper understanding of how the world of wealth works and that I am much further along on the path than I thought. In stage three, and I know I can blast off. I appreciate that not all of the podcasts are for beginners and that the format changes. The icing on the cake is the musical affirmation. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Jane. That was an awesome, awesome review. I so appreciate it. I'm still trying to work my way up to 100 reviews. We're uh, we're not quite there yet. So if I haven't heard from you, I'd really, really value and appreciate your review. If you like the show, it means a lot to me and the success of the show. I'd love to hear from you. And as a thank you for your review, I have a 20-minute audio of Secrets of Billionaires to send to you. After you write your review, send me an email to support at lindapjones.com and we'll send you the audio. It's my way of saying thank you for taking a couple of minutes out of your day to share your opinion. If you're eager to start on the first step to wealth, which is your wealthy mindset, go on over to my website, BeWealthyAndSmart.com and sign up for 21 days to a wealthy mindset. These are daily emails with videos, audios, and information to help you change your thinking from lack to wealth in 21 days. How you think is the foundation for everything else we're doing. So get started now removing your limiting beliefs. That's at BeWealthyAndSmart.com. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.
Be Wealthy and Smart, Episode 70. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.